calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to Fireteam Chat at Gamescom 2017. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me today is Fran Mirabella. Hey, Guardians. Deej and Justin from Bungie. How's it going? And today we are going to talk all about Destiny 2, starting with that trailer featuring the speaker. He's been held captive by the Cabal. What's happening there, Deej? He's held captive by the Cabal. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Dominus Gull. Mm-hmm and the Red Legion, they've come to Earth to capture everything that we hold dear, the Traveler, our home, our leader, and to take away from us our powers. And there he is, reduced to captivity. Uh, we've raised the stakes, obviously. So many of the things that you know from the game, so many of the things, you know, the, the, the city is a peaceful place, the speaker is a venerable leader. I mean, nothing's safe in Destiny 2. So there's a lot of fun that we can have with all the different characters in the game. You know, Zavala is no longer that stoic, unplacable leader. He's having a tough time. He's having a really bad week there. Definitely. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, it's always been said that you really get acquainted with somebody when you see the way they conduct themselves in a crisis. It's like, sure, sure, they're great, you know, on regular basis, but how do they handle adversity? And you really get acquainted with the Vanguard through that prism. I mean, we get to see how Cade and Ikora and Zavala and the Speaker all respond to this moment of crisis, this moment of complete and total cataclysm, and everybody retreats from the city. They all evacuate, and we get to see how they fight when they're no longer imbued with the light. It's pretty one, interesting. One thing we actually see in the game, and Justin, maybe you could speak yeah, to this. Uh, welcome to the show, by the way. You Thank haven't you. been on before. Yeah. It's great to have time. you. Yeah, so... Uh, in the campaign mission that we've actually got to experience before, uh-huh. uh, the characters are actually there with us in the heat of battle. How challenging was that, uh, getting them in the game while having uh, your guardian fighting alongside? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was definitely a, something we put a lot of work into for Destiny 2. We wanted to make sure that the relationship that you already had with some of the existing characters like the Vanguard, as well as, as, well as some of the brand new characters that we want to introduce, that you get an opportunity, like, like Deej said, to see them 
in, in moments of adversity, to not just have them be like, hey, here's, here's the thing I would like you to go do, and then I'll talk to you a little bit after when it's done. Yeah. And, and, and this, is, this is the ability to, for, for you to really get to see how, how do they respond in moments of tension? How does, like, like how, you've always seen Zavala as a brave character. How brave is he gonna be if he doesn't have his light, if he doesn't have the ability to resurrect? and going into battle could mean his death. Like that's, that's, that's something that I think we, we get to emotionally grapple with in a way that we haven't been able to before. Can we expect to see them in the campaign as much as we did in Homecoming? You know, you had Zavala in there with the bubble and Akora jumps on the ship. Now that's the beginning at the tower where they're all together. But pace-wise, would you say you see them quite a bit, or does it kind of start to disperse? Don't do it. Don't play his games. Don't take the bait. <laughs> I'm not asking for a story. I'm not, not going to spoil what's in the rest uh, of the campaign. They're, uh, they're a component of the campaign. Mm -hmm. um, they are, the cool thing about Destiny 2, I'll say this, is that when you are on your journey, when you are hopping from world to world, in Destiny, I think there was a sense of, by design, I think there was this sense of loneliness. There was this sense that humans, people from Earth, have not been in these places for centuries, and that you and your ghost were kind of breaking ground in places like Ishtar or places like uh, you know, Freehold for the first time. And in Destiny 2, when you get to these places, there are other characters with you in the world. It's a far more character-driven story. It's a far more character-driven campaign. So that's one of the things that, you know, we're looking forward to. Um, you know, this was sort of like these introductory moments in uh, the Homecoming mission. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get to frequently with Destiny answer questions that players have had now that they've been acquainted with the world. Yeah. Like, who's Lord Saladin? We got to answer that in Rise of Iron. Or the first time you walked down into the Hall of Guardians wearing your starter pack of space jammies in Destiny, <laughs> and you look at Ikora. Tower casuals. Tower casuals, <laughs> exactly. And you look at Ikora, and she's got these amazing regal you know, robes on. And my first thought was, I wonder what she's like in combat. You yeah. know? And then when yeah. you see her and she, you will take no mercy, you'll find no mercy in <laughs> yeah. me. And I'm like, yeah. damn. That's yeah. why I asked. That's yeah. why I follow you. They're yeah. vanguards um, for a reason. Yeah, indeed, mm -hmm. indeed. You get to really see uh, you know, what that is like. You know, like what is it like when a, a warrior is at the peak of their potential? And then immediately, what's it like when a warrior is yeah. reduced to a mere mortal? So it's a, it's a character study for us more than you know, Zavala goes out and kills everything for you while you stand back and watch. That wouldn't be a very fun action game. Fran, I have to ask you a question, actually. So yeah. you, I made you watch the all the Thank footage yes. for the EDZ. That's what we're talking yes. about today a little mm -hmm. bit. What were you most intrigued by? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to play it, so yeah. that'd be nice. But <laughs> it visually, was fun. Two weeks. I, I will say, yeah, for the, for, and even though we'd seen some for our IGN first coverage and we'd played some, uh, we haven't really been able to experience the size of Destiny 2, and it's a question I continue to ask, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm always asking for you to quantify things, like how many sure. times the Vanguard yeah. show up in, in campaign. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what, what struck me was definitely, I was like, wow, this seems pretty big. Mm -hmm. Like getting into lost sectors and going across the map yeah. seems big. So well, Bungie friends, how much bigger is this area? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't don't, like, don't I don't like <laughs> quantifying things, <laughs> but the thing I can state categorically is EDZ is easily the largest destination we've ever built um, okay. by, by large margins. Like, and, and at every scale, it is both like more bubbles, more square footage, as well as the largest bubbles we've ever had in terms of, in terms of particular zones and the largest spaces that you'll be able to continuously interact with other strangers. Mm -hmm. And bubbles are, I assume, oh, yeah, where sorry. there's active combatants and things like that, right? Sorry, developer speak. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Developer speak. Those, those are the zones. So when, yeah. when you walk into an area and we put up text where the next zone is. Gotcha. So right now we're actually looking at a lost sector and I'm totally holding the dubious volley, right? That's what it's called. 
No. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, I, I actually, do we know the name of this yet? Or, I, don't uh, I don't know. I but anyway, this is a lost <laughs> sector that I know I'm allowed to talk about. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to break uh, any embargoes that I may be under. But uh, <laughs> now you know. Yeah. Now you know what, what we've been living under for the entire summer. Yeah. But yeah, let, not to pull you off topic. This yeah, so anyway, lost sectors. This is one of the new activities that you can uh, yep. explore in Destiny 2. That's right. How do you, how do you uh, design these? Because when I was exploring them, you got to go into these really cool, open, new areas in Destiny 2. And sometimes they're a little bit different than the planet that you're on. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about designing those? Yeah, I mean, like, in the past, we've generally designed two types of spaces. We either are telling a story through a linear sequence of space, and then we have moments where we're delivering that story as well as building out a space with it. Or we have large open public areas, which we, we kind of have to build to be omnidirectional so that you can, you can approach them and engage them in a bunch of different ways. Mm -hmm. And Lost Sectors were this cool new way where we could build these kind of like little set pieces, whether we wanted to just craft a like perfect encounter with the right composition of units or just give you one neat little surprise right around a corner or build you uh, a sense of like quiet loneliness as you're exploring out a cave system. And there were a bunch of different opportunities for us to try little one-off ideas like that. And then at the end of every single one of them, you're going to have a cool boss that you get to fight that's unique to that lost sector, surrounded by his toughest like lieutenants. And then if you defeat him, you can loot the chest at the bottom of that lost sector for sweet rewards. So when in the, in the progression of the game do you feel like players are going to be able to finally explore these? So the cool thing is that the lost sectors are there from the very beginning. Yeah. Like as soon as you are boots on the ground on the EDZU, as soon as you get expelled A little bit from of Call of Duty speak, boots yeah. on the ground. Yeah, I mean, as, as soon as you were <laughs> running around. that phrase? <laughs> I'm no. pretty sure it came from <laughs> military before then, yeah. perhaps. Anyway, anyway. But uh, I mean, like, you, you, you'll see them all over the place. And we don't deliberately call attention to them. We, we have their, their markings out in the mm -hmm. world. And uh, they, they, they will show up with some resolution on the map, but they won't tell you exactly where the entrance is. And it's kind of up to you how much you want to explore and find those entrances. And some players will go through the entire campaign before exploring one. And, but you'll have an opportunity to engage in a bunch of them all the way along if you want. Can, can I ask a question still that I'm not sure if it has an answer yet? I keep asking the question about, oh, you're in campaign, right? There's, you're in the middle of campaign, but then there's all this world outside of it. Mm -hmm. How do those things connect? I'm still not clear on that. Like, you come out of a campaign into a piece of this world, and then you yeah. maybe can hover right over to a lost sector, or is it jumping on a map? The great thing is you can really choose your level of engagement with these things. There are certain players who they're going to want to jump from every campaign beat to every other campaign beat. And there will be times that we'll invite them to take a moment before your next mission. There are some things that you, we need you to do here in this world to get ready to move on to the next world. Those things like lost sectors or adventures or any of the other things you can do in Destiny to become more powerful. And before we can send you on to the next story beat, before you're ready to tackle the next mission, you'll need to do a couple of these things. Or you can do every single thing that pops up on your map before you move on. I think the game does a much better job of giving you control over the way you want to play and still reward you for that. But it also does a good job of really leading you to the next moment of fun that's perfect for you at this moment in time. 
So you'll know what your next milestone of evolution is. You'll be able to just open the map and say, do I want to do any of this stuff or do I want to like browse any of the other destinations and maybe go there instead? We actually teased a little bit earlier in the footage. We showed off uh, some of the planet-specific mm -hmm. challenges that you can complete and uh -huh. also, what, what are they called? Uh, flashpoints. Yes. Uh, what are those? Like, what are the planet ones and the flashpoints? Could you describe them a little bit? Yeah, so the challenges on, on every destination, once you've progressed far enough in the game to, to unlock the challenges, uh, they're just a set of optional activities for you to pursue on a destination that give you additional rewards. Okay. And it's a way for you to, like, in games like Destiny, I feel like it's always fun if you feel like you're double dipping, if you feel like you're, you're able to do two or three things at the exact same time mm -hmm. to get multiple rewards simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And it's a way to give you a little bit of that feeling. Yeah. The Flashpoint is a, a weekly activity that we have in the Ritual game where uh, every week we will pick one of the four destinations, and that will be effectively the featured destination of the week. That means that there will be new monsters that will spawn in the area, new special like uh, public events that will appear, and there will be uh, motivation for you to go to that destination, and if you complete a certain number of public events, you will get uh, a special, really high power reward. Mm -hmm. and Night, one, Nightfall tier, I believe you guys yeah, have yes, said before yes. in the past. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I think is really cool about that is that while you're going to, like it, it forces our players to condense around the same area, so you're going to interact with a bunch of other players who are all going to the same destination, but it's not forcing you to play cooperatively. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can play as a solo player and get to experience a bunch of other guardians side by side, but completely choose your own path mm -hmm. and do whatever you want to do and get rewards that were previously only available for teaming up with a fire team in, in a cooperative activity. Uh, one of the other activities is adventures. We're looking at one of them right now. And what I noticed while I was going through my footage, it's there's so much to do in these locations. I'm literally in the middle of an adventure. I see a lost sector. I go do that. Then a public, I stumble upon a public event. There's constantly stuff for you to explore. There's treasure chests popping up because I I have them on my HUD that yep. I know where to go yep. get them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how do you balance all that out like, I don't know, like, it's just, how do you not overwhelm the player? Yeah, I mean, we, it, it's something that we talked about a bunch, like, from, from both directions. How do we populate the space enough so that anytime you see an interesting landmark, if you go there, there's something cool for you, whether it's a reward, an encounter, a bit of lore that you can scan, but also how to, how to make sure that we're not totally overwhelming the player. And part of what we did there is we, we, we kind of hid a lot of the stuff a little bit out of the way. So you can, you can do certain things to turn on the ability to see on your HUD where all the treasure chests are and stuff like that, but you kind of have to opt into that in the same way that you can on your map find every lost sector, but you also kind of have to opt into that. And if you have a specific goal that you're pursuing, you can put blinders on as well and just head straight to that. I mean, you're in control of how whelmed you are. Yeah. So <laughs> if you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, so this is like an all-you-can-eat action buffet. So if you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet and you put all these plates down in your play setting and they're all piled up with food, and you're like, I'm overwhelmed, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but you make that choice. You make that choice, right? You know, have you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? Oh, yeah. You know, you get red light, green light, right? And <laughs> I went there with... the loot sweats, is exactly. what you're saying. <laughs> <The> loot sweats. <laughs> There's going to be a ton of loot. And so, so I've can been we quote you on that? And Destiny I'm the guy... will cause loot sweats. Loot sweats. Sure. <laughs> loot sweats. And I've been to those places and I've been like, that, I want just a little bit of that. Yeah. And then a buddy of mine just kept it green until he just had this Matterhorn of meats on his plate. <laughs> and then he's like picking stuff up and going, wow, this is great. What was this? They're like, I don't know. You're overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, you, your what Justin's talking about is the fact that you can very, make very deliberate decisions. Like you were saying, you know, I'm, 
I'm on an adventure, then I go into a lost sector, then I jump into a public event. Those were all things that you chose to do. Mm -hmm. So if you have a singular mind and you just want to finish this one mission and see what it earns you and see where it leads, you can do that. But if there's something along the way, if you know, shiny object catches your eye and you want to go do that too, there's freedom, there's yeah. options, there's choices. And the thing I love about uh, you know, the flashpoints is that I love public events, yeah. you know? I mean, I love the uh, expression of community that it provides. I love, you know, the serendipitous encounters that it brings people together for. So the fact that we're doing something to motivate that now is really exciting. Yeah. And anybody in your audience who's thinking, yeah, I remember when Destiny made me play public events, and I <laughs> remember wandering around into Destination, waiting for one to happen, or arriving too late to join, or whatever, um, now, you can open your map, you can look at your map, and you can know exactly where they're going to happen and how long you have to get there. So it's so much more accessible to enjoy public events now, and that's one of the really great experiences I've had on our top secret take-home builds. Feel free to um, yeah. resent me. <laughs> you, I feel have free to resent months, me yeah, for, for months. months now, so, um, yeah. But uh, you know, now, now Destin is in the same place, and he knows all of the secrets that we're keeping from the players, and it's it's a difficult yeah. it's a difficult line to walk. No, right? exactly. You're two weeks out, and it's yeah. like you, so, so you sit right next to a guy who knows a lot about this player. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it for them. Honestly. What are you doing? Like, yeah. what are you? Are you asking him questions? Or you're like, bro, tell me this or tell me that? Or are you yeah, do you leaving? want do you want me to ruin it for you? Yeah, you know, it's funny, <laughs> and, and we've heard this from fans too. When we've known stuff, is that actually there is as a fan, you're like, no, I don't want to know a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, if anything, yeah, I was waiting to see. You know, we were able to finally show some of this footage today. That was the first I've seen it today, too. So, yeah. you know, taking, taking it in stride. As you just put it, we're two weeks out. Like two at this weeks. point, I can wait. Yeah. Yeah. If it was yeah. six months ago, I'd be asking a lot more questions. Um, I was curious, actually, you know, so mm -hmm. your position, uh, your gameplay lead, basically, yeah. what's your, yeah? yeah. Um, how do you equate it to Destiny 1? I, always, I keep asking these types of questions. Mm -hmm. But I think for the uninitiated, um, you know, or even the initiated, you look, and sometimes at a glance, you're like, well, it looks like Destiny. How do you describe the gameplay experience, especially now you have all these, this new connective tissue, as I have talked about it with Destin. <laughs> how do you describe that as different than Destiny 1? What if it, because it looks similar. How do you describe it as different? Yeah, I mean, like, we exist within a franchise, and, and that franchise is, I think, carved a special place in people's hearts. So there are definitely things that we, we, we said from the outset we don't want to change. Like, like there are people who have hunter tattoos. And so like we, we want to we have the same three classes. We want to have hunter, titan, warlock. We want to have a lot of the, the same familiar archetypes come back for the combat. We want some of your muscle memory to, to survive the transition between the two games. But then there were a bunch of other things that we wanted to change. So we introduced three brand new subclasses. We, we took some familiar subclasses and, and tweaked them. We added brand new class abilities. We both added new uh, weapon archetypes, but also switched up where, where, where they live so that you can make different decisions with how you juggle your weapon loadout and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And so we wanted, we wanted to strike a balance where every part of the game felt like there was something new, mm -hmm. but also felt like it was still clearly destiny. Mm -hmm. What platform are you going to play on? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 if I have to pick one, I don't actually yeah. know. I, I know that I'm going to be playing on PlayStation 4. I know yeah. that I'm going to be playing on PC. I still regular, like my main right now is on PS4, but my, my sister and brother-in-law play on Xbox One, so yeah. I, I get on regularly with them, but then I just feel sad because I don't have quite as many exotics and stuff yeah. over there. I ask because so. I'm struggling with it at work right now because PS4 is where most of my main characters are. Indeed, you told us earlier today that uh, you can actually create a new character if you want because it's account-based. So you can start fresh with a new character face, if that's mm -hmm. important to you. Yeah. On that platform. On that platform. Uh, but 
I really want to try out the PC version. And then the Xbox One X comes out in November and I want to see what Destiny 2 looks like there. It's, it's something I'm having difficulty picking yeah. for the first time. And that's kind of great. Just um, roll nine, nine characters. Yeah, just roll nine characters. It's going to be so <laughs> simple. Or Fran, three. that's fine, right? Or three. You, you guys might <laughs> yeah. play too much Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> by the way. No, I like three platforms, uh, nine characters. Yeah, yeah I, a lot. Well, I don't play all the characters. I only play the Warlock because I'm a person that can commit to things. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's important, and I can stand my ground. I have always uh, made the commitment, and I think it's important you know, in my role that I have an opportunity to play uh, wherever the community is. Mm -hmm. So I will be on the PlayStation 4. I will be on the PC. I will be on Xbox um, mm -hmm. you know, with the same clan that I formed to play Bungie games 12 years ago. So I have a reason to play on every single platform. I'm going to want to know this new PC community. Yeah. And I know there may be some people that migrate over there, but all week here at Gamescom, which is you know home to a very strong PC community, I've met a lot of people who have said, this is going to be my first Destiny game. What do I need to know? And I've told them, and I feel very comfortable telling them, I don't need to tell you anything before you play this game. You're welcome to join our community. You're welcome to embark on this new adventure. The dialogue in the game will introduce you to the aliens in a way that's relevant to you as a new player, while the same dialogue in the game will tell me, oh, remember when we kicked these guys' asses? And I'm like, I sure do. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I think that's one of the great things that you've done with Destiny 2, and I think that was really one of the biggest challenges, is how can we make a game that's going to serve a legacy community that has spent dozens or hundreds or thousands of hours in this game, and at the same time, equally entertain and pay equal attention to a brand new player that comes in and is embarking on this journey for the first time. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how all of those people start from a different point emotionally and then end up in the same place together. So. PC beta is next week. Now, I don't yep. know if you can speak to this, but uh, your friends over at Vicarious Visions are helping you mm -hmm. build the PC version of the game. Uh, CJ cannot play on a keyboard and mouse. Uh, is anything going to be different if he plugs in a controller and plays? I mean, our, our goal certainly for, um, for the PC, and actually before that I'll just say the guys at Vicarious Visions and, and, and ladies are absolutely fantastic. Like, I have been, I have been so, like, like, they're an absolutely incredible studio. I've been so yeah, incredibly cool. impressed working with those, those folks. Um, but yeah, like our, our goal has certainly been that if you plug a controller into the PC, that you get the same controller experience that you would get on a console. And so we, we, we've actually put a lot of, of, a lot of effort into that about, about making sure that you can hot swap between mouse and keyboard and controller, about mm -hmm. making sure that it feels the same and has the same tuning, about making sure that we, we can detect the difference between a PlayStation controller and an Xbox controller because we even tweak the input curves and stuff slightly oh, differently between those. So, so we're really trying to hit the bar of if you plug a controller into the PC, you're going to get the same feel of an experience as if you plug a controller into the console. Okay, so like if I play on a PS4 controller, that is going to be adjusted differently than an Xbox controller? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, how do you determine how to adjust that? Just the feel of like the spacing of the sticks or something? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the raw hardware is different the between the different and, sticks. Oh, the response cool. time and like the dead zones and the size of the sticks, that whether, whether underneath, if you, if you rip off the top, the, the part underneath is a square or a circle, like all factors into our logic that we have on the consoles. And we tried to bring as much of that over as was, was technically possible on the PC. Do you think people playing on controller are going to have a chance against keyboard and mouse players? 
honestly, like it's it's uh, it's been really interesting <laughs> in the one. studio. Like, yeah, yeah. it's gonna I'm, be a good conversation. <laughs> we, we know that much. Here it comes. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I I believe the best players on PC are are very likely to be on on mouse and keyboard. But yeah. so far in the studio, like a, a lot of people have found more comfort playing on a controller than keyboard and mouse, depending yeah. on your feel. If you if you grew up with more of a mouse and keyboard background, then you jump straight to that and feel absolutely fantastic. But but. Yeah, I think both are going to be completely viable on PC. Yeah, we have three years of playing with a controller, right? It's going to be a new world yeah. playing yeah, sure. on keyboard and mouse for sure. Yeah. There's there a plenty of players in our community who hop back and forth, you know, even throughout the course of the same evening. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there are people who, you know, have very, like, devout opinions about how they want to play games. And my hope is that people will feel like Destiny 2, no matter how you want to play it, no matter which platform, no matter which peripherals, you know, we're going to put you in a place where you're right at home. And for the PC community, you know, adjust that mouse sensitivity, remap those keys, you know, we are giving you a lot of control because yeah. we know that the PC community demands uh, a higher level of customization, a higher mm -hmm. level, you know, I mean, adjust that field of view, you know, you can do all the things that you would expect to do in a, in a good PC game. I was interviewing some people from PUBG the other day, and the community constantly asks about this, about aim assist. Uh, can you say anything about how that's going to work in Destiny 2? Can you turn it off, for example? Like, so we do a variety of things under the hood with exactly how the controls work. We'd, yeah. I'd, I'd rather not get into it. That's fine. But the, the goal is certainly to make sure that the game feels completely responsive, whether you're using a mouse and keyboard or whether you're using a controller, and that it feels totally fair, whether you're shooting or you're being shot. All right. Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out Sunday, right? How that's, it feels. Yeah, that's our goal. <laughs> yeah, that's our goal. It's for, for, you know, I mean, that has always been the goal for Destiny, for it to be fair, mm -hmm. for you to feel like you can go into the Crucible and have a match against a worthy opponent. So then why am I always at the bottom of the list? It's because you're bad friends. <laughs> <laughs> you're not always up, you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. I'm right there exactly. next to you, buddy. I'm right you're there. Right there. I'm right the there downside of completely fair is that you find out where you actually fairly rank, yeah. and yes. I'll be like, oh, that's I'm I'm there. Oh, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, it doesn't mean everybody is the same skill. <laughs> yeah, I know, for right. sure. All right, guys. Well, we talked about this before the show started, but it's time to wrap up. And I want to know: Do you want to do the fun outro we talked about? Are we ready? Yeah, sure. The, the right. Gamescom really edition of your outro? Yeah. All right, here we I go. I slow it down for Fran. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And until next time, Guardians, Guardians of Vita Zen. <laughs>